Hi, my name's Jeff. I'm Rick. And welcome to Hacking Concrete Podcast, live from the Decorative Concrete Expo in Oroville, Ohio. I just used my first uh, cordless angle grinder I bought. How'd they go? The, the... It, it went really well, actually, because it's Milwaukee. I'm a huge fan of Milwaukee. I'm obsessed with it. Not that this is an ad for Milwaukee or anything. <laughs> but, you know, I just love the fact that uh, the batteries, I just, they make such good machines. So I, uh, I, I had to give my angle grinder to my team uh, a couple months ago and I forgot. So I went to do a training class here at DecoCrete a couple weeks ago. And I didn't have my angle grinder in my case. I was like, what? I was so mad that I didn't think about it, didn't look. It just, you know, I'm so organized usually, I can't believe I forgot that. So then I went to the store to buy a new one and I was like, ho, 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 ho. I got to go for it. <laughs> and funny. so that was my first time using it and everything. It, it so was nice? It went great. The problem is the concrete was extremely soft and my soapstone lines just disappeared before my eyes. So uh. the machine worked great, uh. but the actual engraving itself was kind of a... I did the best I could. Yeah. So what are you working on out there? So I got a design going where I have like a three-dimensional um, pattern going on. A, a couple people have looked at it and kind of said it looks like cinder block. So if you think about a cinder block and how it has the, the mm -hmm. little square in the middle and then it looks like a vertical kind of thing coming out from it, it's almost like you, you have half of a cinder block and a right. pattern. Oh, cool. And then I did like a crop circle in the middle, which is what I just cut. And after I get that, you know, after I go back, I'm going to start doing all my straight lines. And then it's paint by number for the rest of the day. Paint by number. And, and what's your thoughts on crop circles again? Crop circles? <laughs> crop circles are kind of cool. They make really good medallions. <laughs> it's funny because... Done I, by UFOs. I, you know, I bought it. I bought a $10 book and turned it into a profitable idea. You, who would have thought when you're walking through the bookstore that a $10 book would turn into a profit? <laughs> I love it. It's hilarious. So you're using these um, angle grinders been around a long time. Yeah. You're using like these, these old, really old tools. The old styles and stuff like that. And then yeah. right behind us, you've got Bob Harris, who he just put a big sticker down and, <laughs> and it looks like a... You know. He's cheating. And do we want to tell him that I could have drawn, cut, and stained that faster? <laughs> That's funny. You think you could have? I, I, I will. I won't tell him that if you. Will. <laughs> I don't. Let's just let's just not. They have all kinds of fancy equipment right there. It's funny because because Rachel and I have worked together for years, and it's our biggest kind of like thing between the two of us. Is she's like, why don't you use more stencils? And I was like, why don't you freehand more? <laughs> so who's Rachel? Rachel Bruce is with Floor Maps, and she's okay. helping with the stencils. She makes great stencils. I've, uh, the first time I ever did a stencil with her uh, was for a charity in Chicago. We did this uh, nonprofit project with the DCC, the Decorative Concrete Council. Yeah. And we made this uh, floor look like an aquarium for this. Um, uh, it's a it's a daycare in the middle of the ghetto. They literally knocked down three crack houses to build this daycare. Wow! And it was like, for example, it's so it's such in a bad place in Chicago that literally there's a sign on the gate that says, "No guns, children at play." Oh, funny! Ooh. I've never seen a no gun <laughs> caution sign. Yeah. For a for a daycare. That's so you did, you did so, DC they, they they do some charitable. Yeah, we do throughout. at least one or two. We have two going on this year, and we all try to get together and help. You know, sometimes it's pouring a simple concrete pad, um, or a lot of. Uh, sometimes it's overlay. We they did one in De San Diego a couple uh, two years ago. That was like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar overwhelming project that was extreme. Took months to put together. Wow. Typically, we're looking for like a four day two thousand square foot project. 
you know, something that we can just get together for a couple days, do something for the community. Okay. Um, usually we look for stuff that has to do with kids or veterans is usually what we focus on. So um, you you are the you're the person to talk to about this. What do you think the benefits of being part of that organization are for us to for just contractors like us to yeah, to put in to be a part of it? Because you're 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 on the board. So I, it's hard to explain to, sometimes, but to me, it's that credibility factor. Uh -huh. It's that last little detail of how serious are you in this industry? Do you want to be in the industry or do you want to just work? On, you know, with the tools and everything. I like the idea of the industry knowing more about me and be, getting involved. It's not, you know, when I first started doing this, I always thought that I had to stay in the corner all by myself and I'm this crazy little artist and you can't know what I'm doing mm -hmm. and I gotta be private and it's better for you not to know. And I was like, that's stupid because mm -hmm. you still can't do what I do. What, what do I have to worry about? Mm -hmm. Why? Yeah, and true. so I looked into the industry and a couple of friends of mine invited me to go to, to ASCC the first year. I went I went for two years as a non-member to truly see if, if I had a reason to be there. Can I help? Are you guys even going to care that I'm here? And they took, they enjoyed, I, I, it worked so well that I jumped right in, got obsessed with it. And I love the fact that I'm giving back to the industry by doing this kind of stuff. And it's it's about the greater good of the industry. The, the meetings we have are, you know, sometimes they're they're basic, but there's so many things that we can do. There's there's mission statements we've got to make about proper mixing of epoxy, proper overlay techniques. There's so many mm -hmm. things that, that this industry needs that we don't have. Who's going to do it? So these organizations no, have those capabilities. It's like the Wild West sometimes. It, we it talk is. about it all the time. It is. Yeah. And so by going to these things, you find out, oh, well, first of all, safety. You know, we mm -hmm. don't do safety right on so many levels. It's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Yes. I still don't. Right. You know, ASC still gets on my case about little details of safety. You might have had an issue just five minutes ago. No. I <laughs> You're not yeah, wearing, they would have. You're not wearing a hard hat. I just stopped myself to say I'm not wearing a hard hat. I agree. It, it, Your shirt is black. You gotta be wearing something brighter than that. We need safety. When it's long sleeve. That, hey, uh, that is true. Yeah, that's true. I did have true. gloves on. Wait, I do you have to wear long sleeves? They do suggest it because when you're Jeez. pouring, most of the safety is most about pouring concrete too, though. So yeah. when you're pouring concrete, they want you to be completely protected because you can easily get burns from the concrete itself. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, so it does make sense. You, you shouldn't be out there in flip flops and shorts and stuff like that when you're pouring concrete. Right. Now, I don't pour concrete, so some of that gets a little frustrating for me because I'm like, I I don't do those things. I don't do commercial very much, so I don't really need the hard hat because I don't have overhead things going on around me very often. Mm -hmm. But those are technicalities that I work with. I still want you to wear them, though. Oh, absolutely, and I should have because I'm in a live. The one thing they always say, too, is now that I'm in this position where people are paying attention to what I do, it's my responsibility to show them the right ways to do everything. Okay, and you learn that from being on the council, from being exactly. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. so those kind of things kind of do matter. So to your point, yes, I should have worn a hard hat just because I'm in front of a live audience that doesn't know any better, and that's what makes them question it. And then we well, now we're talking about the wrong thing. <laughs> we're that? supposed to be talking about helmets. How that would it be? I know. How that would it be if you could have someone make that into a hard hat? <laughs> it would that be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I should work on that. Because that hat is this thing, you know? <laughs> but now they're talking about helmets. That's yeah. the future is yeah. now we're wearing hockey helmets yes. and, and we have straps to hold them on. And, you know, that's a whole other story to itself yep. that they're trying to change because safety is so important. That yep. will happen. That will happen. So this orga these organizations are, you know, you learn all those kind of things and you get to hang with your peers and you get a, you get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time. I can call so many people in this industry to ask any question I could ever imagine. How else are you going to get access to those people? That's true. You mm -hmm. know, there's mm -hmm. a whole forum for questions 
and then everybody, e it's a great email form. If you have a question, it's not like you have to feel weird asking a question. You have no idea how many people will help you out. Mm -hmm. And within 24 hours, you will get answers yes. to what you need. It's we great. See it. We see it all it the time. It is. It's really cool. I love how they, they um, you know, they're stuck on the email chain. Like, that's what they do in the email. And I mm -hmm. like it, actually. But most people have, like, switched over to, like, you know, like, publicly posting things like a message board type thing. Come on man, you're going way too far. <laughs> this is, this so is like, a non-profit organization. They don't it's not it's not technology. This is like AOL dial-up days. <laughs> <laughs> like you email and the email goes out to 100 people. You've got mail. I know, it's great. So every day we get these emails with these super complicated problems that people are having. And I've never actually written. Have you ever written before? No. Asked a question? No, we just I smiled read, everyone. I read every one of them though. Yeah. I do too. I, that's the fun thing about it too is knowing that I don't work concrete but then all of a sudden I see this thing about concrete and sometimes I'm like oh that's a really good question and then I love the fact that you can follow the answers and see that it's not just one answer that you have ten different people saying yes. ten different ways that mm -hmm. you can go about yeah. fixing these things mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know a better way to to learn yeah on the fly I also find myself uh, reading them and, and thinking all right for example there was a guy <laughs> that posted who did some polished concrete the other day and he polished the floor and it and once he ground the cap off it looked like a desert, like it was just crackled dirt, as it looked like. Did y'all see that one? I think I read a little bit. And of I it. thought, I, I looked at that, I thought, man, I'm glad I'm not in his shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like a whole like 10,000 foot project where the concrete obviously had some sort of problem, and they're trying to put it on him. Right. Uh, and and that's always the problem. I mean. But it's nice for him though, because he got replies from like 20 people, and they're all like, no, man, that's not that's not your fault. You know, that's somebody else. Yeah. So it's yeah. good to, to be able to know so quick. Even the fact that they have like a mission statement on the fact that concrete will crack. Yeah. You know, so if you have those clients that are like, look, my concrete cracked, you got to repair it. Mm -hmm. We can literally <laughs> go to them and go, well, the American Society of Concrete Contractors says right here that concrete will crack. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and yeah. it kind of helps you, it gives you that defense and they're there for you to help you with everything. It's funny, we were having this conversation right up here and you're the perfect guy to talk to about it, about the benefits of it. With, yeah. You know, it's great. funny because I, I don't I, it's weird for me because sometimes I don't really understand. We talked about this last time. I don't really understand if people are watching what I'm doing, if they're getting it, if I'm popular. I really have no clue. Um, but I feel like from the industry itself, I'm getting that. I get that respect from ASCC, mm -hmm. and I think that's a big deal. Okay. You know, I think any organization you get involved with, if they're if they're showing you respect, you're doing something right. Mm -hmm. Right. Correct. Awesome. I actually wanted to know that for my own personal benefit. That wasn't for show. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. We've been members for two or three years, and I just... Right, during COVID, so you haven't got to actually enjoy the benefits yet. Right, yeah, right. We talk, and you know, This September, you're going to see a lot more in yeah. Cleveland, because you're yeah. coming, right? We'll come to Cleveland. We have it live. He's coming to Cleveland. Yeah. He's coming to Cleveland. You heard it. <laughs> well, we were going to go to the World of Concrete, and you guys didn't show up. ASCC didn't show up. Oh, I know, but I was there. <laughs> in fact, I had we had our meeting via you know Zoom or whatever, and I had five of the board members in my uh, hotel room because we were all still there. So we all got together to be to, to, to be the people that uh, were funny. actually representing. It was oh, pretty yeah. funny. Good, good. Just kind of as a as a rule now, like going forward, I'm just not doing Zoom anymore. Done. I'm done Why? with zooming. I'm done with zooming. I'm done with COVID. I'm done with all of that. It's I like either, the zoom. It's either in person or nothing. <laughs> I'm done. 
You know, it's funny because before COVID, we always did it over the phone anyway. Oh, did you? Well, what's the difference? I, I guess mean, I'm we just, meet every single month. He'll come back around. He'll come back around. I guess I'm just tired. I'm just tired of watching my kids struggle through doing Zoom on school every once in a while. You know, we don't we haven't done that in a while. No, that part we're we're getting over. Yeah, I think my feelings on that come from my personal. Uh, I talked to Landon about this earlier. My personal dislike of I don't want to be told what to do, and now I associate with Zoom with being told what to do that I can't go and do something in person. That's so weird. I just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> he just said that's weird. That's very weird. <laughs> He's Not struggling. Doing anymore. He's struggling right now with things. <laughs> I don't view it as I'm being told what to do. Well, yeah. I, <laughs> I view it as it's a great opportunity for me to sit in the background and like one of the time. I, Rick, thanks for bringing positivity today this morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the beginning, when I was still working from home a lot, I'd be sitting there with the beer. They're all like, what are you doing? And I'm yeah. like, well, I'm, work- I'm at home. Yeah. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. See, that's the positive of it. Too. Cheers. Yeah. That's right. That's so, funny. always look at the positive. Yeah, I guess We're so. going to work on this. I guess so. The glass is always half full. Yeah. It's always half empty for you, isn't it? Well, when so, it comes to that, yes. <laughs> so, take us, through, take us through real quick. Take us through real quick your step-by-step what you're doing out there. I, I know you just cut the medallion. So, well, let's backtrack for a second. The first thing I had to do was draw my pattern. Yep. Because I wanted, I needed to see where the where the medallion would fit in the scale of the, the everything that I do. You have to think about scale. I did a mock-up drawing, but that drawing isn't exactly to scale to the floor. I'm always going to make slight adjustments because it's you can do it exact, but at the same time, I don't think that way. Mm-hmm. I just I need a guideline, not an exact replica. Yeah. And so the first thing I had to do was chalk out that 3D design to try to get a feel for how many tiles are there, where they're going to be sitting, where's the center, how much of that am I not going to see now, and is it still going to look 3D? I had to prioritize all of that before I even worried about if it was even going to work. Mm-hmm. Then I went in and started, so this morning I went in and started doing the circles to make that medallion, which was the easiest part of the whole thing. Really that initial 3D lay- layout was the hardest part yesterday. Sure. Um, <laughs> and it makes everything run smooth from there, depending on if I can see my cut line, my lines when I go to cut. Yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to lose everything today yeah. as soon as I get done with this. Yeah. Um, so then from there, after you get done cutting, then it goes into you know hand painting every little detail. The This design is small enough or big enough, depending on how you want to look at it, that I don't really need to spray anything. So I can hand brush every single tile, and that's what I'm going to do for the next two days. Wow. Once I get all of that done, I'll recut all my lines, and then that's when the fun starts. Because then I'm going to put a uh, carpet film over top of the medallion, and I want to see how high I can make it look like it's coming off the ground. Oh, cool. And with drop shadow and stuff. Nice. And then I want to take inside of that medallion and adjust some more, and I want to see if I can make another ring come up a little bit and things like that. So I'm really looking forward to Fun. what I can do 3D on another level with it, too. Right. To make it look like this medallion is not just above the floor, but literally, like, can I make it look like it's foot off the floor, two foot off the floor? Like, how far can Ooh. I take it? Crazy. That's cool. Smart guy. <laughs> well, I haven't done it yet, so. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Let's shoot from the hip on this. <laughs> we got 40, 50 people watching. Let's just shoot from the hip. Right? How long did it take you to plan this stuff? You, you really put a lot of thought into it coming up here, or did you, did you do it in the car on the way? No. <laughs> I, spent, I spent a couple days thinking about it. Um, because it is a different mindset. Like, like for example, last year when I when I was working with the dyes, I I looked at a couple pictures in a book and I drew it on the floor. Yeah, mm-hmm. on the fly. Yep. 
Watch but when I do outdoor stuff, that was one of the things I was saying to Jeff yesterday. When I do things on the patios and the and the pool decks, and I know that I'm going to get into more geometry or more 3D to it. It's a little bit easier for me to plan it out in advance because it's not that hard to find those patterns. So I literally was looking online at 3D tile and just kept looking up all these images until I found, and you can see that it's funny because someone takes a picture, you can see, you can still see their feet in there and it's their tile floor that they took a picture of. And I was like, that's perfect, I want that. So I literally just saved that picture, put it on my tablet, took uh, vellum, you know what vellum is? Mm -mm. You ever heard of vellum? Really thin paper? No, it's see-through paper. It's not just thin. Okay, see-through paper. It's, it's, a, it's so it's it's not even. It's actually, I'll show you. It's it's not that thin at all. Yeah. But it's see-through enough that you can put it over top of a screen and you can trace. You know, sometimes they also talk about like tracing paper. <laughs> tracing paper is really thin. Yeah. Vellum is actually not as thin, and it's okay. just a really transparent cool. kind of looking paper. And so I can just put it over top of my tablet, sketch that out. So then I was like, okay, now what do I want to do for a medallion? Go back to the crop circle thing. I have a whole book on crop circles, but they don't have the perfect angle sometimes on some of those. So I was researching crop circles, and I went, well, can I find one where they finally took a picture above it? And I found one so close that it was enough for me to get that image in the middle, even though it was slightly skewed. And if you look at my drawing, you can see even the tile pattern is just slightly off, but it was enough for me to figure out how to do that. Oh, cool. That's cool. Fascinating. So what's it, what's it like to, like, you have all your work here, like you did that one and then you did another one over there. So every year you come back and you have to um, do a new project right next to your old one. I wouldn't like the stress of that. That would stress me. Yeah, like, <laughs> why is it stress? What have you done for me lately? They didn't take care of it. What are we doing next? Oh, I know. Yeah, they they abused him this year. Oh, I already like, had that Yeah, I mean, them. and then you got Bob Harris in the Concrete Hall of Fame. Yes. Working right next to what you did last year. <laughs> like, they're going to be side by side. With all his equipment on top of what I did. Yeah. <laughs> No, right. no pressure or anything, but I we're going to put Bob yesterday. I was like, do you really have to put all this here? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> no pressure or anything, but we're going to put Bob Harris right next to what you did and see if you uh, can do better. I, I don't I don't see the, the issue. Like, okay. That's what, right. That's like cool. It. I, like I mean, it. And, yeah. I mean, who else gets to say, I worked next to Bob Harris? <laughs> that's, right. Yeah, that's true. You know? And, in, and yep. not with, but next to. Yeah. That's you right. know? It's cool. He's a... They've been good friends of mine for years now. Um, they're coming to see Primus with me okay. uh, in Nashville. Nice. We went to see the Pixies a couple years ago. Our birthdays are five days apart. And coincidentally, the Pixies came right in the middle of our birthdays. Uh, Primus is coming the day after mine. So I was like, hey, you want to do it again? That's funny. You know, so how many people get to go to a concert with Bob Harris? That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean... That that's, that that should be the tag. Are on you this familiar one. with Primus? I am. My name is Bud. I am. That's the only that's song. That's my I favorite. That's the only one you that's know. That's the only one. Not Winona's Big Brown Beaver. Jerry was race car driver. Mm -mm. I've heard of that one. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of that one. <laughs> it's my second favorite band of all time. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Who's your first? Pink Floyd. Oh, okay. There's nothing better. I don't think I've ever heard any Pink Floyd. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he just lost his nose. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, well, it's funny because like when I'm painting, you know, back to like my art degree and everything, talking about paintings, 
music is extremely important to me. Even on concrete, I love listening to music all the time. But when I paint, I actually have a series of like the type of genres of music I want to listen to through the process. So when I start a painting, I'm very aggressive. I'm attacking the canvas, mm -hmm. and I can do whatever I want. So it's like Rage Against the Machine, heavy, hard stuff, and I'm going to town on it. You know, and then I slowly slow down into the grunge music, and then I slow down a little bit more. And by the end, I'm listening to Pink Floyd, and I'm just going. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's funny. You know, yeah. so it stays, keeps that focus and everything like that. But I think it's cool that so Floyd listen, keeps it. You listen to Rage while you're grinding. Oh yeah. Cutting. Oh yeah. And then you listen to pretty Pink stuff Floyd while I'm painting. While you're painting. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> That's funny. Should we uh, do a promo for the? Thing at Cleveland. Secret. I guess we already went over that. We can't really go back over it. It'd be weird to well, come back. Well, it's not in. a promo as much as we invite everybody to come to ASCC in September. We're in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm taking people to the art museum on Saturday. If you want to learn more about how interesting this industry can be, come to an art museum with me, and I will show you some crazy stuff. Okay. We're we're having probably having a party at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm sure. The hotel is like right next to it. Cool. I mean, what a better time to come to Cleveland. I know everybody's like, Cleveland? Cleveland, Cleveland is awesome. I have so <laughs> much fun there. But then again, I'm biased. I'm born and raised in this area. Yeah. Well, cool. We might, we might come to the museum with you if it doesn't conflict with an Indians game. There. But if I come to the museum, I'm blasting Rage Against the Machine. I'm a caring one. I don't think it does because I would go too. <laughs> okay. Well, what the funniest thing about going to the art museum too with me is is betting how long it's going to take until I get in trouble. All right. Uh, the the we could be a part of that. It, it's quite a, the first time I did it, I got in trouble. No, not the first time. The last time I did it, I got in trouble at the first painting I walked up to. And touched it. I did not touch it. <laughs> I know it. But, but it's funny because I do. I, I go up to try to show you, look at this little moment right here. Would you Pay get attention to this right here. And and so you have the security guards looking at me like, you don't need, you can't be that close. And I'm like, I'm not touching it. Chill out. But then I really get in trouble because yeah. then I start talking back. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. He's kind of a cl close talker. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have uh, touched a Van Gogh. Ooh. Really? Sure no wonder you, you get kicked out. Yeah, yeah that, that's one of my favorites where I walked up to it. I think it was in the Cleveland Museum, too. And I stood there looking at it because I had to feel the texture. I'm a texture-oriented person, especially in art. So I stood there, and I was like... You're like George with the shirt and Seinfeld? <laughs> that's two Seinfeld references in 30 <laughs> seconds. That's it was awesome. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Do you know when George touched the girl's shirt? No, I did not remember that. Oh. And I've watched a lot of Seinfeld, but no, I don't. Yeah, he got in trouble for doing it. Well, he gets in trouble for everything. <laughs> I swear he gets in trouble for breathing. Yeah. <laughs>